0: Hey everyone, Dr. Gwen Shietta here, and welcome to another episode of Life on Your Terms. Today on the show, I'll be talking with Monty Knowles. He says if you are to sum up who he is today, it would be about embracing the concept of truly happy. Laughter, joy, contentment, and peace are what defines his world. He has diverse passions and interests in architecture, photography, art, and many others. But what's most important to Monty is making great memories with amazing people in his life. He has truly embraced and is living a life on his terms. He's going to share some of the gems that helped to get him where he is today. And I know there'll be many, many things that you can take away and apply in your own lives. So let's get started. Good morning, Monty. I want to welcome you to the show. Thanks so much for being here today.
1: Well, hi, Gwen. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's good to be here.
0: I'm so looking forward to our chat, and I know that um, our listeners are going to get so much out of this. And I want to start by letting you share a little bit about your background and what are you doing now, and why is your work so important to you? Why are you so passionate about it?
1: Well, the background, I guess, would be... um All over the place. I am, you can probably tell from my accent that I am um, not exactly from the US, I'm from the Bahamas. I grew up on a little rock down here and went to school in the US for architecture and practiced architecture for a long time. Um, Lived here in the Bahamas for the most part, although I love traveling. And um, about, oh, I guess six, seven years ago, started moving out of the office. I owned my own company here, quite a large company. Actually, it was the biggest one on the island at the time, an architecture firm. And I um, started traveling, photographing, and body painting. Um, So I would imagine that body painting these days is probably my most well-known passion. Um, And I guess that's where I am today.
0: And so... Say a little bit more about body painting. People's ears are probably perking up going, what is he talking about with <laughs> body painting? And, and does that, is that the same thing as, as your raw beauty? Is, that, is body painting connected to the raw beauty?
1: It is in many ways. Um, the raw beauty that you're talking about, of course, is the photography that I started doing, which is basically dealing with people um, using the camera as a tool to help them understand that beauty doesn't come only from aesthetics. Um, needless to say, of course, a you know there is a, there is aesthetic beauty, but there is another part of well another aspect of beauty that's really important, and we see that when people are happy, joyful, etc. Unfortunately, we never get to see that on ourselves. So, using the camera, I'm usually able to work with people, um, mostly women, um, because they're unfortunately the ones that have been so. Um, inundated with the need for makeup and photoshop etc to be beautiful um so using no makeup no photoshop or anything of that nature we're able to show that beauty is from the way you the way you think your thoughts are reflected on your face so when you have positive thoughts you can see them as beauty reflected on your face and of course when i say that everybody kind of rolls their eyes and says yeah 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 um but the bottom line this is we see it every time as soon as we get comfortable and sessions take a little bit of time of course But if you relax and you get people actually laughing and enjoying themselves in proper lighting with proper angles and a proper camera um, They actually see the beauty for the first time So the or the the uh, the body painting that you mentioned is something that I'm doing obviously with the with the um, painting bodies painting people only with a brush. It's not finger painting, but it's only with a brush, no airbrushing. Uh-huh. And um, it takes a long time. And it was basically meditation in the work of art, so to speak, from my standpoint. But now the body painting is being used to help people who just can't see past a certain fault, so to speak, on their body. It could be a woman who's had mastectomies and the big scar doesn't have breasts, for instance, or somebody doesn't have a leg or one leg shorter, or some kind of physical defect that they just can't see past. Um, And the body painting's been pretty instrumental in in helping them see themselves differently.
0: So both of these things, Monty, whether it's the raw beauty with no makeup and helping people see um, the, the joy, the happiness, bringing that to the surface, or the body painting, um, is all about kind of uh, seeing – it's almost like the inside out and seeing the joy and seeing the, the beauty um, beyond skin deep, so to speak. Why Why does that matter so much to you? Why are you so passionate about that?
1: I don't know. Um, there's a lot of things, I guess, you can add on to that. And indeed, it's exactly what you're saying. It's seeing past the skin, seeing past what we – the physical aspect of a person. Um, there's so much that we, there's so much that we um, we live with our eyes. We live with what we see. Um, you know, we 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 judge people by the color of their skin, um, how big they are, what they look like. Um, I always say that I think our world would be a much better place if we couldn't see, at least for a couple of couple of months. You know, yeah. or maybe a couple of years. I mean, I don't want to wish that on the world, but <laughs> in many ways we would we would definitely have a totally different perspective of who we are and. Who everybody else is. Um, So, I guess from that standpoint, it's a um, why is it important? I think it's important because people need to understand that they are beautiful um, and that they can be beautiful. And that beauty comes from the way you think. And uh, sorry, more than that, that beauty comes from positive thoughts. And those positive thoughts affect you, obviously, but they affect everybody around you. Um, And everybody wants to be beautiful. So by showing you that, you know, by showing that you are beautiful when you're thinking positively, when you're happy, when you're you're not negative um, or adding negative energy into the world, um, using the fact that you will be beautiful is one way, I guess, of adding positivity into the world.
0: Mm -hmm. And that that really ties in with… Your values, I know I went on your website and and one of the things that just jumped right out of me when I was looking at that was you, when you described yourself you, you know you mentioned what you do that you were an architect that you 're a photographer, but you also, in your description of yourself, talk about your commitment to happiness and joy and travel that you, you didn 't define your, you don 't define yourself by Necessarily, the things you're doing or what you've accomplished—you you put it out there that your your values are really strongly tied to joy and happiness, which I found really interesting.
1: There's no question. Um, I think it's joy and happiness, but more importantly, I think it's what those attributes create, what kind of environment they create. Um, you know, obviously, we can't be full of joy and happiness all the time, but we can learn how to reduce negativity, um, how to identify and reduce negativity. Um, And I think that that's probably one of the most important things that I realized a long time ago. Um, Things like anger, jealousy, uh, envy, all of those things that cause negativity, hurt, um, you know, bad things in our lives. I realized that I had a choice, um, and um, by changing, by understanding your thoughts, by being able to really, what's the word I'm looking for, to, to have self introspection, to understand what is causing this negativity, in fact, to even realize in the first place that I am being negative. You know, when somebody's angry, and you say, hey, you're angry, what's the first thing they say? I'm not mad. <laughs> you know <laughs> No, uh, I'm not. Okay then. No. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Sure. No problem. Tell you what, let me talk to you when you're less not mad. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But right, that self-awareness and um you know, just acknowledgement of where you are. And so that so that, I think that's a really interesting segue to let's rewind the tapes a little bit. So it, it, I think it was about 2010 or so. Um, some some kind of change. It sounds like was bubbling up in you. You mentioned you had this very large, successful architecture business. I, I know you said you had over a hundred employees. Um, and what was what was happening? You know, in the seven in the L framework that I that I talk about, the first L is the listening, and and that's sort of what you're already you know into now is listening um, to ourselves, being conscious of our, our thoughts. Uh, In our inner voice, and it sounds like there was something bubbling up in you that was saying, "You know, I need to switch up how how I'm running my business or how I'm I'm running my life." What was happening for you that made you want to make that change?
1: Well, there were a lot of things happening. Um, Actually, I think I started listening, perhaps before that point. Um, I remember sitting on the couch when I was actually when I was married um, to a wonderful woman. Um, and I was married, and I was sitting down on that couch, and I'm thinking, this is not the lifestyle that I want. Not just the marriage, but everything that that my lifestyle had. Um, I started listening, and I started um, doing what I wanted to do. But I guess the things that were always there was that I don't want to be like, I don't want to live in this box that everybody else is living on. Um, I don't want to go to work every day. I don't want to go to the office every day and and have you know weekends off and and um of course those are the times to run your errands and catch up on the sleep and everything else i I didn't want to be a part of that so i guess a big part of it it was an ongoing sort of thing where i said i want what are the things i want to do um so listening to those things listening to to i guess the the um the inner voice saying, "This is your, you know, do do your passion. Don't do what, don't do what you're sitting here. Don't do what people are telling you to do. Don't what, tell the society has taught you to do."
0: <laughs> yeah, and and Monty, how did you know? I mean, why? What was happening? Were you feeling stifled? Were you feeling just sort of? Weighted down, uh, fear of like losing creativity, like what? Because I think sometimes people, you know, don't even just like you said, they may not even be aware that they're angry. I think sometimes people don't even they don't even hear that voice anymore. It's been so tamped down, or they so believe that well, this is just the way it is. There is no option. You go to work every day, and you have the weekend. no, no
1: question,
0: right? Yeah. So no, no question. Yeah. How did you? You know, and maybe you're just an in tune person. It's now obviously you are, <laughs> but um, what, did you did you just have a heightened awareness for that? Had you always been connected to that that inner voice?
1: You know, I think when one of the things is when I was younger, um, even in my twenties and be, even before that, I I never thought the way everybody else thought. I I was more than happy to take a different road. Um. Uh, constantly and um, I really I had a, a fantastic lifestyle um, I traveled I, I I worked on a cruise ship as a scuba instructor I taught diving when I was in you know working for an architecture firm etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, I enjoyed a lot of things and I realized that um, you know I, I was obviously into this world which I enjoyed very much I enjoyed having my own company I enjoyed the clients the interaction everything else um, and of course, I had an amazing son. Um, so, if, uh, you know, with that aspect, when we added the the aspect of my child, I really decided or figured that I had to fit into this box that society had said I needed to go into to be a proper father.
0: Ah, interesting. Um,
1: so, yes, exactly. So, with that aspect of it, you know, I I, I said, well, I've got to do this. I've I've got it. But I was sitting on the couch, and I realized that you know. I do have an amazing son. Um, I've got a, his his mother is a wonderful person, um, but this is not going to make me happy, and I don't need or want to be a martyr for my child. Um
0: that's so fascinating. So so you kind of bought into for a moment <laughs> that yeah, you had to do for a moment. Uh <laughs> that maybe there was only one way to do that once you have the, a child. I think that's such an important thing for people to hear, right? And I think that happens probably a lot. And then you had the light bulb of, well, wait a minute, maybe maybe I don't. And so let's talk a little bit about that that second L. Um, which is love. And and what I I tie into that is what do you, what do you love and what do you live by your values and your passions? And so talk a little bit about then, you know what you obviously you love freedom and travel and uh, and you kind of thought, wow, maybe I can run my business a little bit um, remotely. Maybe I can kind of, kind of walk a hybrid life. What,
1: well, again, it's 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 exactly what you're saying. Um, I mean, you talk about love. Of course, the first thing that a transformational experience, I suppose, of course, is watching watching the child come into the world. You know, um, and being there to to hold the light basically as he comes out, um, and feeling, as I'm sure many people who are parents have that um, that terrible, terrible, horrible feeling of um, despair almost that this love that you feel is is something that's going to, it's, it's a terrible thing because you're you, you you um, you're thinking to yourself, if something happens to this child, you might as well just shoot yourself as, as well, you know, yeah. you, you can never do without it. It's, it's fear. So, you know, for the love induced an immense amount of fear, um, which of course you had to deal with and, and start to just concentrate and enjoy the amazing love that um, the world had opened up to you. Mm-hmm. Now, that of course, then you 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 your your head is spinning, and you're thinking to yourself, "Oh, you know, you must be, you have to do what society tells you to do. You have to be in the house. You have to have the family. You have to um, do all these things that society has taught us and how to ra- raise a child and everything else." But I realized that that simply didn't seem quite the way I wanted to live. Um, obviously, I wanted everything to do with my child. I wanted everything for him. Um, but I, again, challenged these perceptions that society has told us that this is the way it has to be. Um, and I talked to talked to my wife at the time, his mother, and we we did come up to different understandings that probably can't be all told in five minutes on a radio show. But the bottom line is that we were able to carve out lives for ourselves that were amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, fortunately, we were correct because our son turns out, he's 16 now, and he's... Um, He had two parents that loved him, Um, love him still, obviously, immensely, and um, he's fantastic. His attitude is great. He does extremely well in school and all of these things, and we were able to carve out a life. We were able to enjoy him immensely, to focus on him, um, and also to have our freedoms and do the things that we wanted to do. Mm So um, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because they, they, you know, we want to be we, were, we are taught to be martyrs for our children in many ways. But, right,
0: uh, right, and and uh, but I love that. It didn't have to be, and I think so often we get into this or, you know, we have to choose this or that, freedom or parenthood, you know, security exactly. or risk. And what I'm hearing from you, Monty, is that you decided it could be an and, that you could you could live by your values and, you know, give your son what he needed um, and, you, you know, we, you talked offline a little bit, and I'd love for you to share that. You, you talked about the kind of the triad of uh, what's, you know, the society, how it traps us of guilt, shame, and, and fear. Um, Absolutely, you know, and say a little bit about because it seems like those those were the three things that you definitely wanted. Maybe were sneaking up on you that you just wanted to just push aside, right? For a moment, maybe you thought you had to buy into that, but can you talk a little bit about guilt, shame, and fear? What do you mean by that? What society does to us?
1: Uh Well, I think the society, you know, society is all about conforming and there are good reasons for that of course um, but you know there's a tool well there are tools I guess that are out there I mean, you don't have to go into the reasons why society wants us to conform or anything else but the bottom line is that if we don't all conform then we are going to have supposedly anarchy which I don't think is correct but that's beside the point um, but a big tool the big tools we have are guilt fear and shame that everybody not everybody society our parents, our cultures, our bosses, everybody around—they use those tools to keep us in place, um, and we allow them to be used on us on a regular basis. Um, when I said, you know, I don't want to—I don't want to live in the same house um, with my with my son. I want to live on a boat, five minutes away, and he's going to come and spend three nights with me and four nights with his mother, um, and weekends with me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we had all of this worked out, and he did that. And he grew up that way. But, of course, there were a lot of people trying to say that's wrong. That's not the way to do it. Um, he's going to grow up in a, you know, not knowing love, etc., etc. which, of course, is ridiculous. He grew up knowing immense love, yeah. <laughs> um, um, not only for me, but also he, he watched me love, and he watched his mother love. Yeah. Um, so there were lots of things like that. So we are taught all the time. Sorry, we are controlled all the time, and we control others using guilt, shame, and fear. We do it with women more than anything, and that's part of raw beauty. When I'm working with the raw beauty subjects and we talk about, we look at the things that prevent them from understanding that they're beautiful or that they have this need for makeup. Um, So many times, you know, I'm not against makeup at all, but I'm against the need for makeup. Mm -hmm. Um, So industry uses those things to make us buy their products. Mm -hmm. They, they, They make us afraid that you're not going to look beautiful without makeup. Um, I mean, guilt is all over the place. If you know, you you can't go and do that. They make you feel guilty. If a woman doesn't want to, if a woman wants to be um, free and and not have to be married or have different partners, etc., she's guilted. Uh, we we impose, we control. It's not not cool. Yeah.
0: It's not. Cool. I love that. It's not cool. <laughs> and you're 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 a rebel. You're a rebel at heart. And I and I love that. And it's interesting. Someone even just, you know, you said you started out sort of that way. But but you almost became a victim of that, you know, for a moment, you know, of going, wait a second. And then realize what what was happening and giving yourself permission. Um, and, and you you know, you also talked about the worker drone mentality you know so if we switch gears a little bit as part of this change that you were going through and wanting to create truly a life on your terms you decided you know what I have a successful business um do I but do I have to be in a brick and mortar all the time and so tell a little bit about that piece of you know you wanted to have freedom and you sort of started moving to a more virtual world and even working from Paris in the cafe but um Talk a a little bit about that, and even how you people were trying to constrain you to tell you that that wouldn't work.
1: (laughs) Well, I think people are constantly telling you it can't work, Um, and I think you know, as you said, the biggest thing is we're we're very desperate to make sure that it doesn't work because if it does work, then we have no excuse for not doing it ourselves. Yeah. Um, People say all the time when they hear about the you know the way I live and my lifestyle and the the happiness that I have, and all the things that I do, they say, yeah, but um, that can't work for me. Or they say things like, boy, I wish I could do that. <laughs> and I laugh all the time. And I say, the only thing stopping you is you. <laughs> you know,
0: you know, you made a good point about that, Monty, in terms of people um, telling you, you know, oh, I wish I could. Oh, I wish I could.
1: Yeah, there's no question. I mean, uh, even when I was what I call the worker drone, um, although I had a great lifestyle as a worker drone because I had a cool office and everything else. Um, Every weekend to me was an opportunity to go somewhere, to do something. Um, I don't care. Of course, living on a rock sort of helped that, I guess, you know. Um, Bahamas is absolutely gorgeous, of course, but um, my little island is small. But I had wanderlust, and I still do. So I always wanted to travel. And I learned how to travel even if it's from Friday afternoon to Sunday night. But in the office, um, I had a huge project, and um, I was working. um, I mean, it was the the golden project, the the big, beautiful one that everybody wanted to have. And, um, you know, obviously, everybody says you have to work in the office, but I didn't. Um, I said, uh, for a number of reasons, I wanted to go to Paris. Um, I've been to Paris many times, but I wanted to go and spend, you know, two or three weeks in Paris in the middle of a big project, and I did. Um, I went over there and I coordinated over 130 people all around the world from a little cafe in Paris using my little laptop computer um, for a huge project, for a huge architecture project. So, I, you know, they would get sketches at, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning. And, of course, I'm sending them at 5 o'clock in the morning. I mean, sorry, 10 o'clock in the morning from Paris. But they all thought I had really cool sleeping habits. This guy doesn't sleep, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm just waking up very high at 10 o'clock in the morning. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. But you, you
0: had the time change to your advantage. And say, of course. And say again how many employees, Monty, because I think it's important. This wasn't just you working as an independent contractor. I mean, you had a large oh, no, firm. I had,
1: I had between 14 and 18 employees and, at the time. Um, wonderful. We had, a, we had a cool office. And um it was a lot of fun. I did enjoy the office. It wasn't the typical sort of you know uh, it wasn't the typical sort of office where you had to um you know, fear I guess going. It was a big open office overlooking the harbor of Nassau, so it was fun. But nevertheless, I mean I we, we moved out. We did we figured out different ways to do it. And um and even my employees, we started, you know, we started they started working from home. Um, they started working from different islands. They started working from wherever they wanted to do. Then, you know, take a laptop. The world right now of technology has opened up an amazing opportunities for us. We need to use them.
0: And so how how did that affect your business? For all the people that said you can't do that or people, things of quality will wane or people will stop, you know, showing up. I mean, what what did that do for you? What was the what was My business got better.
1: My business got better. Um, by doing that, it, you know one of the biggest things I realized was that I could. Th- there was there were more resources available to me. Of course, I knew that before, but it was difficult to use them because you always figured that you had to sit in front of somebody, and it was a certain way of doing it. You know, as an architect, that's how we that's how we design. That's how the process goes. You know, you have to get the teams together, you put them together, you design, you you, you know all of this stuff. But using it's not like that now. I think everybody is um, a little bit more open. Mm -hmm. But back then, we weren't. But um, it it had a positive effect, and obviously, it had an amazing effect on my life, realizing that I could practice architecture or pretty much anything, I guess, I wanted to do from pretty much anywhere in the world and had an internet connection. Right. Um, But trying to convince people back then that it was going to work was um, not exactly... I mean, in fact, it was impossible. I mean, I had good friends of mine who, you know, in being... Trying to be good, trying to trying to help me, tell me point blank that cannot work. Do not do that. Are you crazy? You know, you're risking everything, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Right. Again, that security, that tying that tying into um, the fear. I mean, just a, a, you know, abundant course. fear. And then again, if you were successful, you know, what would that what would that mean to if, if Absolutely. you were right?
1: In fact, it's interesting that you say that. A good friend of mine, um, and he's a really cool guy. But he's he's very much into this into the rat race. He does a fantastic job down here as an engineer, um, and he was one of the ones who was you know he, because he really he does care. He was definitely trying ardently to keep me from you know going to Paris and doing the things that I was doing. But he did, I guess, about three or four years ago, I saw him, and he said um, he 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 was he was you know he was very he was very um, appreciative of what I'd done. He said, "My God," he says. I should have done that. Oh. And, I, and I looked at him and I said, no, you should still do it. Because he was still in the job. Yep. And yeah. he's still there.
0: Oh. And what, Monty, how does that make you feel? You know, like to me, I just, that breaks my heart. I, I, immediately, I just felt sad.
1: People... Well, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that people have is that people are, first of all, they don't know What's available? I mean, how many people have actually, how many people really live outside their box? How many people have gone to Paris or Rome or, or Kenya or wherever you want to go? Right? How many people have gone? We have so many things. Oh, I can't afford it. That's the biggest one, right? We have all of these excuses stopping us from living. And people love their excuses; they hold on to them. I can't leave my job. I've been here for fifteen years now. If I leave then, I don't have my retirement plans, et cetera, et cetera or the, I don't have my insurance. that's a horrible one. That's a valid one. you know yeah. but, but we have all these things that tie you in. There are options. there are definitely options if you're willing to do them. but people are terrified of them, like my attorney friend who lives in San Diego, who is terrified to leave her job as an attorney because you know she is either a partner now or almost to be a partner so she's working 70 hours a week because she what <laughs> why is it so important to be the partner
0: and right right so you get that title so is she is she's she's living by societal values right is she, no is question. she happy monty when she got that title no, or when ter- she gets- no
1: she, she's not she's not she's miserable she's miserable but she but she's afraid she's afraid to leave it
0: what would she do if she wasn't afraid?
1: Well, I think if she wasn't afraid, she would do all the things that she says she wants to do, which is travel to go and spend, you know, three or four months in a place and write a book or all the, I forgot the other things she said she would love to do. But, you know, and even if that's not what you want to do, I mean, pick up for two months and go to Ibiza or whatever the heck you want to go.
0: But she's you identified know? other things that would bring her joy that are her... Internal values not societies, but the fear is keeping her plugging away according to society's values
1: Yes, and no Yes, and no Um, She knows that she is not happy But like most of us we don't really know what would make us happy because we don't have to practice We don't practice being happy we have two weeks a year so we plan it. We go on a trip. We go to a vacation somewhere. We get to a beach. We get some margaritas in our hands. We want the little umbrellas in the cups, and we say we're happy. Mm. That's our, mm. That's that's how we. You know, that's how we know because society told tells you that's going to make you happy. Or people go out on the weekends and they get drunk as heck and they can't stand up anymore, and that was a great week. That's how many understand. <laughs>
0: It's it's these mo- and the, and and it did that even make us happy. So let me ask you that's a that's a very interesting thing Monty. So so what are you saying ultimately? And I know that you so you left just to to bring the listeners to where we are. You 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 went virtual, but then you completely left your architecture firm, right? To to travel and to live an even more free lifestyle with your photography and raw beauty. And people might be saying, well who is this guy? Is he independently wealthy? How did he do this? How did he?
1: (laughs) I mean, by the way, I still do practice architecture. I simply don't have an architecture, an architecture firm anymore. Um, and the architecture that I do practice is for clients that I already know or, or, and projects that I want to do. Um, but one of the biggest things is changing my values. Um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of money these days. Um, And I don't need it. Uh, Would I want it? Sure. Um, Can I possibly get it? Um, Yeah, I think we can get it again. But the bottom line is, even when I did have money, I live on a boat in the Bahamas. It's 46 feet long. Um, I had a car that was, I think, 15 years old at the time or 12 years old or whatever it was, um, and it needed to be changed. Um, It it, it was a hard 12 years. Um, But I'm living on a boat. I, I didn't buy a bigger boat. I didn't buy a big fancy car. Um, I don't have a house. I don't have a, a house with a mortgage and insurance. And and you know and 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 even the the animals that I have, which I've always had dogs. I I had a way of somebody to take care of them when I traveled. Um, when you know, even children. You you when you when you have your children, make it in a way that you have the freedom. Um, all the choices that you make, <laughs> don't make choices that. Pin you and hold you to a, a certain geography and a and a certain uh, lifestyle. You know, I have friends who, when they make more money, they buy a bigger house mm-hmm. and get a bigger mortgage. Um, because why? <laughs> you know what was wrong with the first house? Is, is it a better neighborhood and things like that? Fair enough, but how big a house do you need? When you go to when you go to Europe, you see people living in houses that are, are Paris one one fifth the size of the average American house, and they're fine. They're happy.
0: I think you just you know? said something so important, Monty. I want to make sure that people heard that. You said you changed your values. And you know, that's the the second piece of of what this podcast is all about is what are your values? Are you living by yours mm-hmm. or society's? And you stopped and took inventory and made a pivot. And I think that's part of the message is that we can all we can all pivot, but just like everything else, first we have to stop and ask ourselves what are our values? Are these truly mine or am I living by societies and I don't even know it? You know, like your lawyer, so many of us we're, we we don't even realize um that w- what values we're living by. We don't consciously stop to evaluate that. And so you you said the thing about money. You don't want to be a prisoner of money. You money is a is a is a tool, is a means to an end. It's not the end for you. I think a lot of times People that more money—that's the goal. Um, but the but for what? And so,
1: can we well talk said. about for that? what?
0: Yeah, for a <laughs> second, is yeah. What is the what is the the purpose of the money? I mean, c- can you mention a little bit about your the way you look at that. I mean, why? What? Well, ha- I'll tell you a story
1: that might might sort of shed light on my thinking on it. And um, my son was. I'm going to say, I mean, I'm terrible with numbers, and if I say he's twelve, he could have been ten or he could have been thirteen. I don't know, but I think he was about about twelve years old. Um, and uh, was he four? Yeah, twelve. <laughs> and um, yeah. you know, I needed a new car, and so I had fifteen thousand dollars basically um, allocated for the new car. And summer was coming up, and I looked at my son and I said, "You know what? So do you think we should? Um, you think we should buy a new car, or we should go around the world?" And, um, and my son being my son didn't bat an eye. Now, of course, you got to realize that my car, I mean, at that point in time, it had a bunch of dents in it and things like that. Cause I really didn't give a crap. Um, it, you know, I, I should have perhaps, but I didn't. And, um, and you know, he, it was a, it was sort of a fashion piece. His dad's driving around in the car. That's all dented up and everything, <laughs> um, you know, and, 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 and it comes down to, you know, if his friends do see, see it, do they tease him? Do they say something about it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and I did get it fixed afterwards, by the way, the dense, it was just a, um, it's more laziness than anything else. But anyway, but it's important to kind of put that into the, into the basket. And I said, you know, should I get a new car or should we, um, go around the world? And boy, he didn't bat an eye and he didn't even think about it for long. He said, let's go around the world. So we did. We bought one of those tickets to circumnavigate the earth and we, um, and we spent, I think six weeks or two months or whatever it was going around the world. Um, I did buy the car eventually, but it does – well, I guess a year later. um, (laughs) But the bottom line is we called it the instead of a car trip. Yeah. Um, And it was really important at that point. And to be honest with you, I deliberately um, didn't fix the car up because I was thinking about it for a couple of months um, to see what he would say. Um, and um, and I was you know I loved his I loved his response obviously and said okay well, that one was well done
0: that's perfect <laughs> but, you did your, you exactly. did your job Monty but it's about well, yeah. the the value system so when you the when value. you look at that exactly. yeah and why why is travel so important to you it's all, it seems like travel equates joy. And happiness, and I think even more importantly, what you said a few minutes ago is is living. You know, we think we take these week long cruises, or you know, go to an all inclusive for for a week. Um, but it seems like in your heart, travel is equivalent to joy and happiness and living.
1: There's no question. I mean, and it is for most people. Most yeah. people say they want to travel, but most people are afraid to do it. I mean, again, come back to that fear. Well, they speak a different language. Um, I, it's, what's it going to be like there? I don't know how to get from the airport to the hotel. It's so many, it's, you know, we have all of these fears. Um, so fortunately for me, I did learn how to travel from a young age. Like I said, whenever I had a moment, I would spend whatever money I had um, on an airplane ticket. Um, and it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. I tell my friends, look, you want to go to Paris? Um which I happen to love, Paris these days, as you can probably tell. <laughs> but uh, you know, how much does an airplane ticket cost? Well, round trip from Miami um, or New York or wherever it is that you're going from to Paris is sometimes what four, five hundred dollars mm-hmm. round trip. Uh, when you get there, you can get in a hotel, Airbnb place, for anywhere from eighty to one hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred dollars. It's a place to stay. It's neat. It's calm. I mean, it's it's clean. It's nice. Um, and then you walk everywhere. So tell me where the expenses. You can go to Paris for a week for a hundred for fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars. I mean, that's that's not even that much. You can go for a thousand dollars if you're leaving from the U. S. Mm-hmm. And once you get there, people oh, it's going to be expensive. When you get there, it's not. Right. You walk everywhere. You know, and you pay the same amount of money that you would at home. Anyway, these are the excuses that people have for not going. They 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 say it's too expensive. I don't have the time. Um, uh, if I go, oh, here's my favorite one. If I go for a long time, if I go to Paris or I go to Europe, I got to go for two weeks. Well, go for a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I mean, coming back to it, trying to answer your question in a roundabout way. That's
0: beautiful.
1: Um, you have to get rid of the values or you have to be willing to examine your values. Um, What is it that I really want to do yeah. and what's important to me? And is and more importantly, are the things that I think are important, are they really going to give me? Are they really giving me fulfillment and this amazing life right. that, I, that I could have? And if they are, why then do you say things like, oh, I wish I could do what you could do, when in fact you could do it?
0: Ex- <laughs> <laughs> you don't let anybody off the hook, do you? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> You better you better have your your stuff straight because Monty will challenge your your thinking. And I guess that's you know. And I I, I love that passion in your voice because it's if, if if somebody is all what I'm hearing you say if you're all good if you enjoy being a partner in a law firm and you own that fine and you say I hate travel and you truly those are your values and you've you've checked them you've evaluated them and that brings you true fulfillment. Fine, right? Uh, Absolutely. But then you shouldn't be saying, yeah, then you shouldn't be saying, I wish I could do what you could do, or, Oh, I would do that if this, or exactly. I really want to be so, so it's sort of live, live, you know, live what you're saying you want to live. I mean, so, you know, first of all, figure it, figure out what it is. that's going to bring you true joy and not just momentary, um, you know, highs, but like true fulfillment, joy and happiness for the long term, and, and then get get the excuses out of the way. Listen and listen to what you're saying. I mean, I, I think so often we just talk and we don't even hear what we're saying. And, and as I listen to you, Monty, um, it's like you, you really listen to what people say and, and, and challenge that. I mean, because people just sort of talk, you know. No um, question. I, I, and what I
1: really like is when people challenge me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's the biggest challenge that you get now?
1: Well, I don't know. I think when I get those challenges, I kind of turn around and look at them straight in the face. Um,
0: do they say, are you really happy or wouldn't you really like to own a house? Oh, questions would you- like that? Yeah. What's, <sighs> a, what's the biggest sort of um, question or challenge that you get about your lifestyle?
1: I honestly don't get any. Um,
0: <laughs> how did you do it? Maybe I, how did you do it, right? <laughs> oh, I get questions,
1: Sorry, but not, not so many challenges. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they say, yeah, that's fine for you, Monty, but I'm um, like, I've done something differently, or I'm somehow different than everybody else. The only difference between me and you, or is, are the choices that I've made and the the jumps that I've been willing to take. Yeah. Um, you know, I like I said, I was, I I had everything. I had, I had the family, I had the the house, um, uh, I had the 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 job. I owned my company. I had everything that you know I was supposed to have. Um, I, I mean, I had a a good wife and a, a, um, you know, everything. So why change it? Um, and the bottom line is I changed it because I thought there was something better and I was right. Um, life is an amazing opportunity. It's an amazing opportunity. And I don't want to be 70 years old looking back and saying, boy, I wish I had done that. Or if I could live another life, this is what I would do. You know, I'm, in fairness, I would say if I had another life, this is what I would do. Um, so because I wish I could have like ten of them, but I won't be able to look back and say, "Well, I didn't do everything I could with this one."
0: Yeah, I mean, and I I hear that so authentically in your voice. And you know what's interesting? What strikes me is you haven't given up any of those things. You still have your son. It sounds like you you still have a wonderful relationship. You still do architecture work, but you also do your amazing art. So you've only expanded your life. You haven't given anything up. It just looks different.
1: It looks different. And and I would often say, I mean, without question, I improved it immensely. Um, You know, my my relationship with my son, his relationship, his growing up, um, which obviously was one of the most terrifying sort of things that you had to, um, to take into consideration. How is this going to affect my child? Um, and, and um, you know, and of course, there were a lot of naysayers on that one. People were like saying that we're doing the wrong thing for him. We're going to hurt him. I, I hear people all the time talking about, oh, parents, you know, children need to have mummy um, and daddy living in the same house together as a family unit. They need this. And I look at them and said, no, they don't. What they need is a wonderful environment. They need parents who love them and care about them and take care of them. They need to be able to be um, happy and free. They need to have all the opportunities, and they need to be able to see love, yeah. not people being, not people living together as roommates or um, staying together for the sake of the children, et cetera, et cetera, all the other excuses that people make yeah. and say. I think that's wrong. Yeah. Um, and people say, "Well, oh yeah, yeah." I said, "Well, no, no. I can absolutely guarantee that there's a different way. Maybe not a better way, but definitely a different way. Yeah. I would argue that's a better way." And but, well,
0: well, you're absolutely right, Monty. It, 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 another way, and, and maybe a better way. We'll try not to have judgment, but maybe a better absolutely. way. <laughs> and when you so when you look back, because I hear like you just um, you own this so well. I mean, you just you're clear. And you know, you've made the right choice when you, if you were to sum it up um, in, in a learning or a, a key takeaway, when you think about this journey and the choices that you've made to get clear about your values, clear about your passions, listen to that, make the leap and you reflect, you know, on what you've done so far, what would you say is the, the key learning that you, that you've taken away from mm. Your, your journey thus far about these choices?
1: I'm, I'm thinking about what would be the key. My God, there are so many of them. Um, the first thing that jumps to my head, I guess, is um, don't believe that you know the answers. Don't believe that what you... Don't allow yourself to um, think that what you believe is necessarily true. Question. Learn to question that's probably the most important thing is to question everything that you think you know. Um, question yourself, question your decisions, question what makes you happy, question your beliefs. Um, understand that all of these things that you understand to be true are simply understandings. Um, and don't be afraid to look at them. Don't be afraid to throw them away. Don't be afraid to change. Um, in fact, consider it Consider it a necessity to change at least some things about your life because you can't have everything right. There's got to be some things wrong, yeah. some things that you can be doing better. Mm-hmm. So at least challenge some, some of those. Mm-hmm. Change something. Start there. Yeah. Then you learn. Then you look back and say, oh, if I change that, I can change this. Don't be afraid to change.
0: What is your recipe for, for happiness then? Is that, is that what it is?
1: My recipe for happiness is actually challenging negativity. Um, To first of all realize that, you know, we we get angry. um, Challenging negativity. Challenging the things that are negative. Challenging your negative emotions. um, Understanding your negative emotions. Understanding the thinking that creates those negative emotions. And challenging that thinking. I think that's probably the most important thing that I would want anybody to to focus on. Yeah. Um, there are things that make us angry. Um, and, and they're societal induced. When you're driving on the highway in the US or the Bahamas and somebody cuts in front of you, we get angry. We've been taught that. Because if you're driving in Paris or China or something like that and they cut in front of you, they're not going to get angry because that's normal. Right. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> yes. So that person that person cutting in front of you didn't make you angry. OK, you're thinking about the, the fact that that person cut in front of you that made you angry. It's your thinking that makes you angry. Um, and when you realize that and you realize and some people obviously don't agree with me, I say I don't want to be angry. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm going to accept everything. I'm not a pacifist. Right. But I don't want to be angry. If, if you attack me and I have to attack you back, I don't want to do it in anger. I want to do it because I've got to. You know, and I will. <laughs> but, <laughs> but <that was> like <laughs> I have no point. doubt. I
0: have no doubt. <laughs> exactly, <you know? laughs> I have no doubt. So what you're saying is that happiness is a choice. Well there's that no
1: question. Happiness it, is happiness is a way is, is to me happiness is the absence of negative thoughts. There are three things I think. First of all you need to understand you need to understand where the negativity comes from. Second you have to decide that you want to change it. Because a lot of people say I'm happy being angry, I'm happy being jealous, I wouldn't want to be any other way. Um, So you have to decide that you want to change those things. And the third thing, of course, is, as you said there, oh, sorry, third thing is you have to realize that I can change it. And then the fourth thing is the introspection. Then you start working on changing it, which means that I need to start looking at these things, understanding my thinking, first of all, and then applying, obviously, principles that can be learned to reduce that thinking, that negative thinking.
0: And those same principles apply to whatever it is in your life, right? Not just whether it's I don't want to be angry, I want to be happy, I want to, I want to live in Paris, I want to change you know, my, my, my life, I want to change the scale. I mean, you, can, you apply all of that to anything in your life.
1: then no so question. Yeah. And without question. I mean, I mean, people, a lot of people say, oh, well, you live in the Bahamas. If I lived in the Bahamas, I'd feel the same way. Well, that might be right. You know, but there are a lot of people in the Bahamas who think exactly the same way, and not not as me who have the negative th- the negative thinking
0: right it 's in your head it 's not external. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> it's, it's absolutely yeah, and so for you Monty in your in your words, how do you define a life on your terms? You have truly you are living it 's not past tense you every day choose to live life on your terms, and i, I don 't mean that in a selfish way. But in a way that is in alignment with your values, your passions, um, and in a, in a conscious way. And, and so hopefully I didn't just do that for you. But when you think of, wow, life on my terms, how do you define that?
1: Other than the way you just did it, my Lord. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't need to steal
1: that from you. <laughs> well, actually, you didn't steal it from me. But having said that, I can't imagine how I can say it better. <laughs> No, I mean, from a, you know, it, it's from a physical standpoint, people see what I, people, I think, see what I do physically. Um, they see the traveling, they see my work, the art, the body painting that I'm doing, my photographs. Um, they, they see all of this, the love, you know, the loves that I have, et cetera, my children, um, and obviously amazing people that are in my life. Um, so you can see that part of it. But, you know, it all comes from, from a decision. To change the way you think yeah. um, and I've done that and I, and am I doing it? Yeah, I mean, do I have bad, bad moments or or negative moments? Yeah, do I have negativity in my life? Yes, I do, um but I choose to or I not just choose, I have developed the the um the skills, so to speak, if you want, for lack of a better term, the mental skills to deal with that negativity in a certain way so that it does not negatively affect my life or my happiness.
0: And, and you know, if you were to say Monty, if someone goes, Oh my God, I don't have those skills or, or he seems like he's got it all together. I mean, if you were to give one piece of advice for someone who's listening and going, I want what he has, I want what Monty has. And they just, they don't know where to get started. What would your just, what would your one piece of advice to get started
1: Oh, uh, pick up some books. Um, there are some books. I mean, when I started on this journey, there were there were a few really good books, and I can't even remember the names of them anymore. But um, you know, there there are people who teach you how to think differently. I, I did. There was a, a lady, and my lord, I should have her name. I guess I didn't even read her books, but somebody sent it to me, and I was really impressed with her. Mm-hmm. She was an older lady, um, American, and she kind of just wrote factual things that you know to think things think about things in a different way. Yeah. Um, there was another book that I read mm-hmm. that really, really opened my, or at least started the process. I don't know if the book was so important so much as it came at the right time, mm-hmm. but I think it probably was. Yeah. Um, and it dealt with um, with anger, um, that, you know, you don't have to be angry, that angry that anger is not something that affects you, et cetera. So there are books, I guess. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Well,
0: um, speaking of books. Perhaps we can add some. Yeah. And I, we can, we can add that to the website. And, and speaking of books, this is a perfect segue. Um, I understand you have a book coming out.
1: Um, I do, but it's not what we're talking about. It's a book, more of a fun thing. And a, a, um, a, a publishing company has asked me to write a book about, you know, my choices of leaving the office and, um, and, um, writing and talking about my art and the body painting and things like that. So, that's going to be coming out um, hopefully this year, I guess. But it's more about my photographs and my body painting, I think. Um, and I guess I should be talking about it and trying to plug it. But I'd rather not, simply because people will think that's what this is about.
0: <laughs> and it's so not. When I we, when we first connected, I didn't even know that you you had a book. So I'll, I'll just say exactly. coming out. So we'll just put that out there. But. But Monty, I think that you have such an amazing story and an amazing message that um, people will be interested. And what's fascinating, what I love about your journey is you can't really separate the two. I mean, you, you said, oh, the book's not really about what we're talking about, but but the body painting and the beauty and the rawness and leaving the office behind. I mean, all of it, you can't really separate it. It's all who you are. I mean, and I think because you are so just so in alignment with with living your life uh, with your passions and your and your values, and so I think people will be interested. I know you don't want to plug it, but I will, and and I, I really. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> and I, I well, can't... it's
1: a celebration of those things. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, when I said it wasn't what we were talking about, in other words, I'm not trying to. The book is not about teaching people how to think differently and to to um, to employ the skills, so to speak, that we were talking about in that moment.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what though, <laughs> I think that you've been a. Fabulous teacher on on the show today. I have learned so much from you and listening to your story. And I, I know that others will. Maybe you didn't see yourself that way, but um, <laughs> we'll see, Monty. Maybe that will be that will be another book. You have so many <laughs> so many gems. I, I've absolutely have just been uh, so in, inspired by by what you've shared. And um, you know, if listeners want to get in touch with you and, and learn more about whether it's your your art or your story or how you You've done what you've done what, what's the best way for people to reach you
1: um well I I'm on Facebook it's pretty easy with Monty Knowles um, M-O-N-T-Y-K-N-O-W-L-E-S like Beyonce um I'm on Instagram because they told me I had to be <laughs> <laughs> and I put a lot of my body painting photographs there so it's Monty underscore Knowles and um you got, oh, my website, MontyKnowles.com. That's probably a good place to go.
0: You're not good at, at, at um, promoting yourself, are you? <laughs> well, I, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think you have to be. It probably just comes. <laughs> well,
1: maybe, you know, um, you know, it's, I, 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 I love, I, I mean, I'm always happy, as you can probably tell, to, to um, explore because, you know, when we, when we talk, when I talk to other people, I learn more about, about myself as well, yeah. you
0: know. Sometimes, you know, we we have to check ourselves. So if I'm ever ever in doubt, I know who to call, Monty, because I know you won't (laughs) let me off the hook. (laughs) I won't. (laughs) Wow. I truly, truly enjoyed my conversation with Monty Knowles. He is just amazing. And I took away so many things. I wanted to do a little bit of a different ending after this interview because I was so reflective about the gems that he left behind. And I would love to hear from all of you of what resonated most uh, with you in his interview. You can reach me through the website at loytinnercompass.com. But some of the things I wanted to share were not being afraid to change. Uh, Monty talked about fear, shame, and guilt. And I'm wondering which one of those you are trapped most by. Uh, they're, They're tough ones to get through, but I'm working on it as well. And challenge your negative thinking. That challenging your negative thinking is what leads to happiness. That happiness is the absence of negative thinking. You know, the other big one is just start living like you want to live. Take a step in that direction. I loved when he said, what excuses are you telling yourself that stop you from living? Until next time, I want to thank you for joining me on another episode of Life on Your Terms.